Ask a dozen track athletes what the purpose of the indoor season is, and likely you'll get a dozen different answers. Some see it as a tune-up for the summer season. Others see it as a completely different beast compared to the outdoor counterpart. What most will agree on is the fact that indoor racing is super strategic, extremely physically demanding, and can often give way to some really good races. To celebrate the dawn of a new indoor season, today's episode of the Terminal Mile is all things indoor track. On the show today, we have Speed River and University of Guelph's head coach, Dave Scott Thomas. He's going to talk about the season so far, strategy, and bank track conversions. You're not going to want to miss that. We also sit down with Olympian Oregon Project member, Commonwealth Games medalist, and Canadian indoor record holder, Cam Levins. He's going to give us some great advice and before you call Vegas, you're going to definitely want to stick around because we have the exclusive access to Kyle Real Deal O'Neill's predictions for the upcoming CIS season. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. The Terminal Mile presents CIS Realist at Running Indoor Picks. Predictions by Kyle O'Neill. Men's 3000. To kick off the list at number 5 from Trinity Western, we have Declan White. While he may be a risky pick, he did have a good cross season and you can expect him at indoor CIs. At number 4, we have Tristan Woodfine from the University of Guelph. Not much to be said here. Consistently at the top. In number 3, we have Aaron Hendricks, University of Guelph as well. 7th at CIS in this event last year. Expect him to move up this year. Uh, at number 2, we have Ross Proudfoot, also University of Guelph, aka the reigning CIS 3000 champ making the number one ranked choice by Real Deal O'Neill, Laval's CPT. Impressive cross season, impressive track year last year, but will it be enough to knock off the top guys from Guelph? We shall see. Women's 3000. Number five belongs to Heather Patrick of the University of Guelph, already auto-qualified with the Canadian Junior 5000 Canadian record. And number four, we have Carice Thompson, also of Guelph, finishing number two at last year's CIs. Expect another big result from her. And number three, we have Sarah Inglis, Trinity Western University. Could this be her year? At number two, we have the reigning champ, Julianne Stolle from Queen's University, with the number one pick going to U of T's Gabrielle Stafford. My first guest on the show has already accomplished so much in his career that is just taking off. He's an Olympian. He's also the first Canadian to take home the prestigious NCAA Bowerman Award. He trains with the legendary Nike Oregon Project. He's a Commonwealth Games bronze medalist and the current Canadian record holder for the indoor 5,000 meter. He is Cam Levins, and he joins us from Oregon. Welcome to the show, Cam. Hi, thank you for having me on. When it comes to indoor track, while similar, it can be a little bit of a different beast in comparison to outdoor racing. Is there any difference in the way that you approach training during the indoor season as opposed to when you train for the outdoor season? Um, I mean, I would say just for myself personally, the major difference is I don't have to race a 10K indoors. And so, you know, I'm able to focus uh, more specifically on a bit of shorter stuff, not have to be too concerned about um, obviously racing that far. And so it's, it's a bit different, but I mean, you know, our, our group sort of is on a, um, you know, kind of peaks twice a year in these two different cycles. And so, I mean, we're, we're pretty ready to go indoors. And I mean, I wouldn't say that it's hugely, hugely different. Now, as was fairly evident by last year's Indoor Worlds 3000 meter race, I'm sure you remember it well, uh, indoor track means way less space to move around. Does strategy play a (laughs) lot more into how you run your race indoors? 
I mean, it will more so now. I've, I've learned a lot from that race specifically. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, through my career in NCAAs, um, I mean, I felt like I had a really good handle on how to, uh, you know, handle an indoor track. But, um, you know, once you take a step up to an even higher level, you realize how much more strategy is involved and <laughs> you have to have good positioning. I would say, you know, a couple laps out. It's, I feel like you almost, if you want to win a race you almost have to be in the lead entering the last lap or even the last couple laps you need to be in control i mean there's been there's many many um examples of that you know so i've learned a lot about that and i th I would say there's probably a considerable larger amount of tactics required compared to outdoors for sure for sure it should be super interesting to see uh, some of those tactics in play because it, it was a very interesting race uh, during that 3000 meter um are you are you going to be uh perhaps uh joining us with the canadian championship indoors this year oh yeah absolutely i'll be up there i, I don't know what i'm doing yet but uh, i'll be racing something uh, now, it's been nearly a year since you put down that record-breaking 13-19-16 indoor 5,000 in Boston, besting the old record by over six seconds. Uh, what were your expectations going to that race, and uh, were you looking to break the record right off the top? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that was the plan going in, and, um, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I think I was even looking for a bit of a faster time still, but it, it was, you know, still a huge indoor PR for me, and... Um, I mean, it was a decent amount off the Canadian record, so I was, I was very pleased with it. This being a world championship year, I mean, we touched on this. I would imagine that would probably be your, your focus. Are you looking at doing any big indoor races this year um, and any outdoor races this year? I haven't looked too much into outdoors yet, um, but I mean, I have uh, Pan Ams on my radar and um, uh, the obviously the outdoor world championships and Beijing, those are sort of the two main focuses for outdoor. I don't know exactly what um, other races I'll be doing between those or up to those. Uh, but, I mean, those are the huge focuses for this year. But uh, indoors, I'm really looking forward to um, the Milrose Games. I believe they're putting on a uh, 5,000 meter this year, and um, there's no uh, announcement of the field or anything yet. But I'm sure it'll be a great race, and I'm uh, you know hopefully looking to go even faster than did last year. You know, on on that topic, what does 2015 hold in store for Cam Levins? What are your big goals for the year? I mean, my major ones are uh, I'd like to take down that uh, outdoor 5,000-meter record as well here uh, for Canada. And um, I would like to, uh, I mean, there's sort of a few different things, but I, I'd like to, you know, collect a few medals through Pan Ams and hopefully at the World Championships as well. Something I want to uh, touch quickly on, your reputation seems to be tied uh, directly to your high mileage training. Uh, while in college, you said you were putting down 160 mile weeks and the results were fairly obvious. Uh, it's been noted in a few places that Alberto Salazar, your current coach, has a little bit of a different approach to mileage. How have your views on high mileage changed? I mean, it's... It's hard. It's, my views have definitely changed. Mileage is still very, very important for a distance runner. And um, I mean, I still put in quite a bit. Obviously, not quite as much as I was, but um, I still put in pretty big mileage weeks. And it's incredibly important. But uh, my mileage has been reduced, obviously. And uh, But as a result, I've seen some really drastic improvements in um, my, I mean, my workouts with the team. And I think... Just now, I mean, really, uh, this last fall, I've really seen some big changes 
And I mean, just in my feelings uh, during this sort of lower tier of mileage and just even higher quality of my workouts. And so, I mean, I feel like it's even been a bit of a, an adjustment from that big mileage uh, down to a little bit less. Um, I, I don't know if it's just um, sort of a new, I mean, took some time to adapt to a new training program, but I feel very good about uh, what we're doing now. And, you know, I felt very good about what I was doing in college as well. But uh, I found that just a little bit after college, I sort of began to run into some health and injury problems that I do attribute to maybe running a bit too much. You know, I found a really good quote of yours. Uh, no matter what happens, you should be able to walk away from a competition feeling a good good about the effort that you put forward uh, without dwelling on what place you take. In my opinion, that's a really good attitude to bring forward. Perhaps you could elaborate further as to what you mean, maybe provide a little bit of context. Well, in some ways, I feel that that quote there is a good way to never allow yourself to be down about your races as long as you know you're putting forth the best effort you possibly can. It's, I think it's a little easy to get down on your own race if somebody else has a great race and perhaps beats you or by focusing on what, what I said in this quote, I think it's a lot easier to focus on your own personal goals and not get caught up in what other people are achieving. And so for me, I think it's very important. I think for really any athlete, it's a very important thing to remember that uh, our, our sport is very much about achieving very personal goals. And just because someone else achieves something that you perceive as better than you have, it doesn't diminish anything that you do yourself. With the indoor uh, university indoor season just truly kicking off here in Canada, do you have any advice that you'd like to uh, pass along to the athletes looking to have a great season up here? My advice entering the indoor season would be don't lose sight of your goals for the season. I mean, uh, don't get caught up in every single race and the results of every single race. I mean, stay focused on the big picture, whatever that may be for, you know, stay focused and I mean, keep your eyes on whatever the prize for the season, I guess. Yeah, keep your eyes on the prize kind of thing, whatever that may be. That's some good advice, not just for running, but probably for life as well. He is Cameron Levins. You can find him on Twitter at Cam Levins. Thanks a lot for being on the show today, Cam, and best of luck with your year. Of course. Thank you for having me on. The Terminal Mile presents CIS Realist at Running Indoor Picks. Predictions by Kyle O'Neill. Men's 1500. Coming in fifth, we have Mohamed Suleiman of Ottawa. And fourth, after a DNF at last year's event, Olivier Collin from UVic can only get better, right? In number three, we have UVic's Thomas Riva finishing fourth in last year's CI race. He will definitely be back looking for a podium spot. Number two slot belongs to Yu Guelph's Proudfoot. After last year's number two finish, will he be looking for a similar finish? And the realist at running pick for number one. Let's hear it again for CPT. Women's 1500. Kyle's pick for number five in this event goes to Shauna McInnes of UVic. And at number four from Queens U, Julianne Stolle. At number three, expect to jump in the standings from U of T's Gabrielle Safford. At number two, it belongs to U of G's Carice Thompson. And mark this one down for your CIS fantasy pool. Sarah Inglis of TWU gets the O'Neill seal for number one across that line. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, and today's episode is focusing on the indoor track season. My next guest is no stranger to the CIS indoor season, building and coaching the University of Guelph team to multiple indoor championships, collecting many top coach accolades along the way. He is also the coach of the Speed River Club, with a roster that has included some very recognizable Olympians. 
Welcome to the show, Dave Scott Thomas. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, the bulk of the really big meets are yet to come. The season was really kickstarted early in about mid-November when one of your athletes, Heather Petrick, smashed the Canadian Indoor Junior 5,000 meter record with a uh, 1631.10. Auto-qualifying for the 3000 at CIS just a week after the cross season was over. While it caught a lot of people off guard, it was a move that made a lot of sense in uh, in hindsight. When did you decide that this was the route you wanted to take, and was it a spur-of-the-moment sort of thing, or had you planned it for a while? We'd, uh, we'd had it in mind for a while. I, I, part of the fun of working with the group here is we're pretty open-minded, I think, and creative, and we have a lot of athletes that are able to look at different possibilities without getting too caught up in it. Um, you know, so we, we talked in the summer with Heather. She, she'd run really well in the Inferno here in the 5,000, and we started wondering if a uh, Canadian junior record might be in the offing on the outdoor track. And by the time uh, she got to World Junior, she was just feeling a little tired and not ready to go for it then. So we had plunked the 5,000 here. You have to sanction meets and register them and put them on the AO website. So we had put that in place uh, sometime prior with the caveat that we would wait till after CIs was over for cross and then just see who had uh, a little energy and was feeling it. And so we waited till we came back from St. John's uh, to see if Heather wanted to go and she was still pretty hungry. And uh, I mean, Katrina Allison, she's only a year older. I mean, what a terrific run for her. So she ran uh, quite fast in that as well, 1622, which beat her outdoor PB and Sophie Watts jumped in. So, uh, you know, we had always just sort of said it's here and it's a possibility and it's a, a fun thing to do. Um, and it's an opportunity, but we were willing to let it go if, uh, if, if she was tired. On that topic, with a stable of athletes like yours, the case could be made that a 5,000-meter indoor race could be very good for your team. Uh, in your opinion, should the CIS endorse a race longer than the 3,000? I don't think so, to, to be perfectly candid. And, and, and it's a bit difficult to say that since, just as me, Dave, I think we're shy sometimes in our country about events and we think 5,000 is long and the reality is 5,000 is not a very long uh, event. But for a couple of reasons, I don't, I wouldn't pursue it in the CIS right now. I don't think there's a global appetite to do it. Uh, so I don't think we'd see a lot of great racing in, in indoors for me is a time of year where you really want to promote tactics. It's on a, a compressed track. It's only 200 meters. It's a chance to get used to moving with bodies. I think there's a huge benefit to that in terms of preparing you for the summer. And so I, I'm just not sure it would be something to carry forward for me right now. And I think as a coach, you're you're beholden to try to endorse the things that support the league, not what's best for your team. I think it's very short-sighted to just sort of say, well, we're a pretty good distance school. We had a good cross-country team. So we would benefit from a 5,000. Um, I think you have to look at what the will of well, all the constituents are. I just don't think it's there for the 5,000. The other thing I guess I would add in with that too is a, I think there's a tendency within our sport sometimes to conflate what you're trying to achieve with competition and the training you do to get to that competition. That is, just because you're running a distance doesn't mean you have to be hammering specifically uh, training all the time for that distance. When you look at the overall portion of physiological load that comes from competitions, particularly indoors, it's really, really small. You're getting a much greater contribution to your training load from all your workouts. So whether it's a 3,000 or 5,000 indoors, to me, in terms of the arc of what we're trying to do for the summer, is trivial, really. So, you know, let's keep it at the three right now. I think we get more bodies hammering together. And at some point, if we got a little more depth nationally 
and, and a little bit more will to go after 5,000, then we get together as a coaching group in the CIS and try to make that happen. It seems to be a hot topic around the CIS right now. Uh, did they make the right decision oh, when they followed the NCAA this year and adjusting the bank track and oversized track conversion rates to be the same? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, that had been in the works for a few years. Uh, Andy McGinnis had done a lot of work with the NC2A in trying to get their data set. We've had conversion factors in the CIS for a while and generally on oversized tracks. And, you know, there's an advantage to running on the, the bank track. When the numbers came out, we, we finally got them. And Andy had done a lot of, uh, as I say, work uh, bridging with the NC2A and trying to get their information. The, the conversion standards were larger than I would have thought. I mean, you have to be aware a bit of, of confirmation bias, you know. Uh, the numbers are, are fairly big. And so when you're looking at the K or 1500 or whatever, I mean, 3,000 indoors right now, it's about five seconds. So, but I, I think it's going to push performances on the flat tracks and it makes them more valuable. And I, I think it's great to... We have enough data now that we can understand from thousands and thousands of athletes that have run and, and performed that bank tracks perform more closely to oversized tracks. So to bring them in alignment, I think it makes a more equitable process within our league. With that knowledge, will you be seeking out uh, banked or oversized tracks to give your athletes that added edge? Or is it overall pretty trivial? Uh, I think it's significant, but I actually, I actually think, Michael, it's more the other way around. You go after flat tracks a bit more now. Uh, strategically, the last few years, the bigger advantage was to, to bank tracks, and there's a number of, of reasons you would travel and go to these venues, and one is the depth of the competition, one is the speed of the track or the surface of the track. Part of it is the fact that I think as a CIS coach, I'm also a, a steward for the growth and maturity and experiences of the athletes I work with, so it's just cool to see more of our continent by travel sometime. But the changes right now have improved the valuation of the flat tracks. So you know, Windsor or Toronto or our own little four-lane track out here all of a sudden have, I think, more value. You know, we just, uh, a few minutes ago, I watched a couple of 300s at our, our New Year's opener here. And what you run here now is the time you run, whereas if you go to the oversized track, uh, you've got to apply a standard to that. So my sense is we're going to see a drive more to the flat Canadian 200-meter tracks in the CIS, and I think that's a good thing. You are listening to the Terminal Mile right now, and I am joined by my guest, Dave Scott Thomas. He's the coach of the University of Guelph team as well as the Speed River team. He's actually, uh, we're actually talking to him while the Griffin Open is going on right now. You know what? Coming off an extremely dominant cross season, does that usually have an effect on your team's indoor season? Not in, not in and of itself. I Generally, when I'm working with the team here and with each individual I'm looking along a three or four year longer multi-year arc. Cross country's in the general prep phase of the season. I love CIS cross country, I enjoy it. But we use that as part of the training load and the methodology on way to other things. So the, you know, whatever happened in St. John's this year or London the year before, the day of that competition is really uh, independent of what we're trying to do indoors. Other than it's just part of the building phase, you know, general prep. I mean, we're out doing tempos. We tend to not cut for OUs. We, uh, we do a small cut for CIs, but we're not really doing that much uh, percentage of anaerobic lactic work at that time of the year. So it, it was great. We had a, a great time out east this year. Um, you know, we host next year. We'll have a great time there. But I try to keep my mind on what the priority are. And the priority is the team outcome is part of that. 
but the team is composed of a number of individuals and they have their goals and their goals generally for us are prioritized towards the summer season. So, uh, you know, we've used our general prep phase through the fall. We run a bit of cross country as, uh, as part of that. We move into indoors. For most of our athletes, indoors isn't a time to run a pure peak either. We're using that certainly with our elites and our national class athletes to try to set up uh, the, the primary annual goal. And that's usually uh, whatever the national teams are that we're shooting for in the summer. You know, obviously there are some pretty key differences between the indoor and outdoor track seasons. Uh, is there anything that you specially train your athletes for uh, in the indoor season? That could be, you know, physical or mentally. They're different races as well. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, I just like the small size of the indoor track tends to push the bodies together. Things unfold really quickly. And I just, I think that really sharpens you up for the summer season and the, the, uh, the big old outdoors. Um, physiologically, I like to do surface adaptation and, and adaptation to motion. So we start bleeding in small elements of that, of just getting on the rubber um, or getting used to the bends piece by piece. You know, we might do a little bit of that in, in October, and that's not really banging very hard on the track. It's just getting used to the rotational forces and the surface type uh, piece by piece with that. But physiologically, not too much. As I say, it's we're moving out of the general prep and into the specific prep time of the year. So we tend to do a little more specific work indoors, but it is, in most cases, a situation where we're trying to set up for the bigger goal. Again, that's the summer season. The Canadian Indoor Championships are on this year. What's that looking like? Are any of your Speed River athletes looking to attend? Yeah, yeah, we'll send a few. Um, take it on a case-by-case basis. Now, if you're a carded athlete, you're obliged to go and compete. You don't have to compete in your primary event, but but you're supposed to go and compete uh, indoors. And so uh, so any of our carded athletes will, will go there. And there usually has been a national team camp uh, down in Phoenix the last two years to get everybody together and talk about the summer and do some education and training. And this year, that's going to be held in and around the national champs in Montreal. So uh, so that's going to tend to draw in more of those athletes. So right now, we're looking at sending five or six of our uh, post-collegiates to go and compete there. And then I'll go and send on some of the Athletics Canada meetings as well. Finally, taking a look long-term at 2015, what are the major dates circled on your calendar? Uh, any big achievements you're hoping your athletes to hit this year? Every athlete that I work with, whatever they're going after, is, is a big achievement for, for me, so I can get excited about a twilight meet with our crew. But obviously the big things on the calendar this year are the World Champs in Beijing. Uh, there's Pan Ams in Toronto, and there's uh, FISU in uh, Korea. So, and, I mean, FISU is a good meet, man. I mean, it's just it's a really good competition. Uh, it's a big event, multi-sport event, so... Certainly our collegiate athletes in the, the wheelhouse or, I mean, anybody who's a Canadian athlete competing in track and field in the university system, you should be looking at that. It's a great competition, a really, really uh, enjoyable trip. So those are sort of the main things on the international calendar. We have uh, a group of our post-collegiates that are heading down to Austin, Texas for a few weeks of warm weather training in a couple of days. And then we'll be up in uh, an altitude camp in Flag. Uh, we'll run a spring marathon with our uh, elite marathoners. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, I, I look at my calendar from now through till next December, and there's uh, there's a lot of road trips planned. Well, I won't hold you up any longer. Thanks a lot for being on the show today, Dave. Thanks for taking the time to interview me. The Terminal Mile presents CIS Realist at Running Indoor Picks. Predictions by Kyle O'Neill. 
Men's 1000. And at number five is Uvix Cole Peterson, a scratch at last year's CIs, but expect a big year this year. At number four, we have Windsor's Alex Ullman. He pulled down some monster numbers last year. Expect more of the same. At number three, U-Ottawa's Mohamed Suleiman, who had actually the fastest seed time going into CIs last year. And at number two, we have Corey Bellamore from Windsor, leaving number one to the reigning champ from UVic, Thomas Riva. Women's 1000. Number five from Calgary, Emma Cook-Clark will be looking to move up the ranks from last year's seventh place CI finish. At number four, is the number two placer from last year, U of T, Honor Walmsley. At number three, the reigning champ from TWU, Fiona Benson. At number two on his ranked list belongs to Rachel Francois. And the number one projected pick from Kyle Realist at Running O'Neill is Guelph's Caitlin Ayers. Find Kyle on Twitter, at Realist at Runnin'. You've been listening to the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Big thanks go today to all of our contributors as well as our guests. That includes Cam Levins. Best of luck to him in this new year. Uh, Dave Scott Thomas, as well as the real deal Kyle O'Neill for his picks today. Also, big thanks to Tracky for all their ongoing support. And big thanks to you as well for listening. You can now find us on the Tuned In app if you're on the go, as well as Stitcher. And... We're always at tracky.ca, so be sure to check us out there. While you're there, also check out the Rob Watson Show. Great show. You can't miss it. Once again, you've been listening to The Terminal Mile. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at The Terminal Mile. (laughs) 